peaceful here, isn't it? Eh, not really. But cheers for organising the Pixel Vision staff getaway all the same. No worries. It's been ages since we visited Barry Island. We've never visited Barry Island. Well, not together. No, neither of us have ever been to Barry Island. Well, that's long overdue then, I'd say. Eh, I suppose it is. What's that gizmo you're playing with? This? Ah, it's a uh, custom Pixel Vision Dynamo radio. Internet's a bit shaky here, so I've set all of our previous episodes to be broadcast on different radio frequencies on an endless loop. Mm. I thought we could tune in and listen to our past selves. Maybe think about what we could have done differently. You can't change the past. Uh, yeah, it's just a radio. Yeah, but frequencies have power beyond their original broadcast, right? Like podcasts, radio waves, all connected. Okay. I think I'll keep hold of the radio for now. A pixelated portal is appearing in the sky. Oh, what? Oh, my. What is that? Ben, is that you? You look kind of different. Doshite watashi wo kansei shite nakatta no. I, I really tried. I was busy. Watashi wo aishita ka to omotta. I, I promise I'll come back to you someday. Uh, Taya? Taya, are you okay? You kind of spaced out there for a second. I'm, I'm fine, I think. I just had a pixel vision from an episode past. Episode is a bit of a stretch. I'd call that a full-blown freakout. What? I No, I mean a literal past episode. It's episode three, if you want to listen back. Right. I think I'll be taking that funky radio of yours. Don't tune it! Much better. A few classic hits to get this party started. Don't look so glum, mate. Why did you make a mockery of my song for your podcast, Ben? Mockery? If anything, I improved the original. Oh, yeah, such arrogance. Mine was a masterpiece, not to be tempered with. Uh, if you say so, Adele. Rumour has it you always thought you were the one and only hometown glory. Well, I'm just about ready to roll on out of the deep and tune out of this station. You, you're back. What did you find out? Uh, that though I can reference a suspicious number of her songs, I'm not Adele, I'm Ben. And although I want to be Yakuza super rude, I'm not Japanese, I'm Teo. And this is... Pixel Vision! Vision. I'm not sure if my accent was actually Adele or just like a squeaky <laughs> it fucking, It was fucking funny anyway. Oh yeah, come round here, I'll give you what for. <laughs> <laughs> you boys get off a street corner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of you boys like an ice cream? <laughs> that's of Henri's gran. She's definitely not from Oh man, that sounds like an ice cream van I would not be buying from. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, just, it was so bizarre. Henri's grand came into the room once and just said, would any of you boys like an ice cream? And we were like, yeah. And she's like, well, I haven't got any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went down in folklore that. All right, so uh, that was a fucking weird intro. What game are we referencing and talking about today? We are referencing Oxen Free. Oxen Free, yeah. Weird name. Still don't really know why it's called Oxen Free. Do you know? Oh, I do know why it's called Oxen Free. So apparently, and this must be some sort of weird saying from another country, mm. which is to say I wasn't familiar with it growing up. But apparently if you're playing like a game or something, I don't know whether it's hide and seek or you're like off doing something, mm. paintball maybe, someone shouts, Oli Oli Oxen Free. And it means like, it's a truce. We're going to swap around. The teams are like reversing. Like if you were hiding, you can come out now and like you're going to swap. Wait, so it's like swap teams? Basically, it's like a convoluted way of saying that. I could have got that wrong. So let me just check. Right. It sounds American to me. I certainly wasn't shouting the phrase oxen free as a nipper. Me neither. But that was me winging what I thought it was. This is what uh, <laughs> Wikipedia says. Okay. The origin of the phrase is unknown. Dictionary of American Regional English says the phrase may be derived from all ye, all ye outs in free, all the outs in free. In other words, all who are out may come in without penalty. 
But others speculate that the phrase may be a corruption of a hypothetical and ungrammatical German phrase, alle, alle, ach sind free. All, all also are free. Ah, interesting. So maybe like super old English taken over to America or German immigrants to America. Deep, rich history with this name. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had a little feature round of etymology for a while, have we? No, we haven't. Was the last one the Kraken? Could be the, the Kraken, yeah. <laughs> Which everyone else would pronounce Kraken, but is apparently pronounced Kraken. I'm pretty sure I made that same error in the episode as well. So I'd like to say that was self-referential, but just wrong twice. <laughs> no, I thought you were correcting my pronunciation of it by saying it came from old something or other. We'll have to listen back to that episode as well, I have to remember. <laughs> Pick and choose, pick and choose. Let this day be cast by we who ready to wait. The Kraken! Anyway, that's why it's called Oxen Free. So I think it's like a reference to this idea that like um, the game is over. It doesn't matter what side you're on, like you can come out in the open. I don't fully get that in the context of the game, having finished it, but... Hmm. Interesting. What was that? It came from the console. How many years has it been since we used that signal? Access the console if it's Cortana. Another weird thing about Oxenfree, the logo... What, like with the line? Yeah, the neon Oxenfree logo thing. Is it me, or is that... As disconnected from the game's aesthetic, visually, as you could go. Mm, I thought what they were going for was kind of like a radio wave, like a, maybe a silent radio wave or something like that. Uh, and then the letters are kind of like the, the the frequency or, I don't know, something like I that. I thought it was just like one of those sort of cyberpunk, like neon light oxen freeze. And then I played this rural based sort of Yeah, which is game. like really, really pretty, like all in the woods and the beaches, like nothing technological. Or... Yeah. And I was thinking, what? It doesn't work thematically at all. But Yeah, strange one. Well, that's what I thought it was because I thought the same thing. So I kind of made some effort on its behalf to think like, because it seems so out of place. Bad resolution as well. Minor point. But was it not bad resolution? Like the say with the Subnautica title, it's like you made it on word art. What's going on? Oh yeah, I see what you mean. I thought you meant a bad resolution to the game, and I was like, wow, that is a controversial way to start this podcast. Let's talk about the ending. No, not bad resolution. No, we'll talk to about the ending at the ending. Might be a bit of a spoiler episode. I don't know. What do you think? Massively, I was gonna flag. That we'll try as well. and keep them. Like to the final couple of thirds. Are you do, you're shaking your head to no. No, no, I don't think we're going to keep them to the final couple of final couple of thirds. Final t- two to three thirds, I would say. We will keep it. Well, take us through it, and then we and then and then listener, you can make your decision. But I'd say it will be as entertaining to listen to us talk about it as it would be to play it. Oh, mysterious. So does he value himself highly? Like, yeah, this fucking well entertaining, or is he basically being self? disparaging is that a thing no it was <laughs> it was the first one <laughs> it's one of those games that you want to talk about so if you do want to go off and play it like yeah i would recommend it but it's going to be as interesting to talk about as to play i think okay and you should also say just in case people are still on the fence like it is only about five hours worth of gameplay yeah exactly a short one i actually think it's a tiny bit longer but it's it's round about that ballpark So it's a mystery point-and-click adventure game. You play as Alex, who's an American teenager, on a trip to a freaky island, an old fort island, with four of her contemporaries from high school, new stepbrother Jonas, her friend Ren, the girl he fancies, Nona, and her best friend Clarissa just the five of them turn up to this big bash on a on an island which turns out to just be the five of them starts off as kind of like a normal mm, let's go and get drunk on the beach and play truth or dare and then quickly transforms into a supernatural mystery game where yeah you're finding out all about the sort of ghosts of the island through this radio which you carry around with you so to summarize 
we are not allowed here after dark. The town is shut down, and we, the Kamina High junior class, have come to commit improper acts. And the other thing is the weirdo caves. Is that a fair summary? There's not much more else to say, is there? Yeah, no, very fair summary. Uh, I thought it's controversial that you said they played Truth and Dare, because I think they make a point out of the fact they weren't playing Truth and Dare. They were playing, like, Truth and Slop or something like that. Ah, oh, shit. So, like, basically, when you tell a lie, someone else calls you out on it and then gets slapped you around the face. Truth and Slap? Something like that, wasn't it? So you played the game through pretty recently, right? Uh, very recently. You might say I finished it only a couple of hours ago. <laughs> And when did you start the game? <laughs> Only a couple of hours ago as well, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I started the game three or four weeks ago and finished it yesterday. So I played it in kind of two halves. So you played like basically around about an hour a week, would you say? Yeah, yeah, an hour a week. Okay. Because we've said now a couple of times that it clocks in around five hours or it's quite a short game. Mm. But that's that should be caveated really, shouldn't it? Spoiler alert, don't you think? Uh, Why? Okay. Why would the playtime be caveated? Because you'd want to go back and play it again. Well, I mean, technically, you're supposed to, aren't you? Well, is this the point where we're just going to spoil it? It's just too early to spoil it. No one's got any context. Okay. I think we need to return to this moment. We'll put a pin in it, Mm. as they say. Okay. And revisit this later in the episode mm, okay so so you kind of said you already really liked it i did like it as well the point and click thing doesn't do it quite as much for me as i think it does for you and there are loads of reasons for that by the way we call it point and click but you can use wasd as well i was thinking has that got a name like wadzi like swad or something was wasad wasad that's shit mate at least mine like oh. <laughs> were phonetic Wasad, you just added an extra A in there. No, what? Oh yeah, I have, sorry. Wasad, that's kind of what I was going for. I don't know, I feel like we could call it something. Yes. Wadzi, I quite like, personally. Okay, Wadzi. Just for the lexicon of the show. (laughs) You've added that extra I in it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you often shove a Y on the end, don't you? Like, janky or whatever, you love janky. All right, all right. But yeah, you could use that, you could use the arrow keys or Wadzi. To, to move about in this mostly 2D environment. 2.5D, they call it, don't they? 2.5D, yeah. Because you're a 3D character, but it's a two-dimensional world. And you can move, like, diagonally upwards. Yeah, sort of. Through the, through the screen, sort of. Yeah, the controls get a little bit clunky at, at junctions, don't they? Doorways and junctions and crossroads, even though you can literally only sort of move wadsy, it still somehow gets confused. Yeah. Come on, Zay. Don't pull that face. Yeah. I just got to use my new word. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was laughing. It's um, but yeah, what I was going to say is the thing about these kinds of games is that they're more interactive story than playable game, I think. Mm. They're very much more like a sort of prolonged walk and talk through a landscape mm. or through a series of environments where every now and again, one of the characters will be like, what's that? And you'll like click on it to find out what it is. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you choose dialogue choices. It's like uh, Kentucky Route Zero, basically, isn't it? Yeah, really similar to Kentucky Route Zero, for sure. A, a very, very similar kind of game. In fact, I would say I, was, I, I found it so similar to Kentucky Route Zero that I was a little bit suspicious at first. So I looked it up to see which one came first. But this was um, 2016 release and Kentucky was 2013. So they definitely had the head start on this sort of slightly Lynchian Twin Peaks thing. This surrealist thing that's going on. I mean, it's not as, it's not as surrealist as Kentucky, is it? No. And if anything, it could probably do with being a little bit more surreal because on the beings which are sort of pitched against on, on the island and the, that you have to escape from, the ghosts, they had so much like literal personality in terms of like being your adversary that it actually became a little bit comic. It wanted to be scary, I think, and sometimes it succeeded in being a little bit scary, but it lost some of its sort of mystery for putting too much character in those things. Whereas Kentucky Route Zero, like, was so surreal that they were just, well, when we did the episode, right, we just had so many different readings of, like, what could be going on there, what these characters and places could represent. Yeah, there was a lot more metaphor and sort of potential social commentary and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, metaphor. Although, I mean, you know, there were themes there and stuff, but yeah, it lost some of that meaning for me for being that literal, I think. 
it's funny as well because the other thing is with a game that's so dialogue based and story driven is that first of all the story needs to be really fucking good because that's basically all there is and secondly you kind of need to really like the characters and I would say on both those fronts and I've already said that I did like this game so I'm, I'm now going to proceed to critique it somewhat savagely all the characters are quite insufferable the main character this guy Ren is like so upbeat and sort of chatty in location he's not the main character but he's like one of the main characters well there's only five but you know what I mean and he kind of reminded me of Verbal from The Usual Suspects <laughs> mm. I'm probably going to piss people off now by mentioning Kevin Spacey the current pariah but former legend mm. who played Verbal in The Usual Suspects who does that just constant like quite like upbeat talking it's like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing I used to be in a barbershop quartet in Skokie, Illinois the baritone was this guy named Kip Diskin big fat guy I mean like orca fat he was so stressed in the morning you know? Verbal you know we're trying to help you sure and I appreciate that and I want to help you, Agent Kuyan. I like cops. I would have liked to have been a fed myself, but my CP always... Verbal, you're not telling us everything. And initially I was just like, oh, this is so... I'm going to piss some more people off now, sorry. This is so like, American to my like British sensitivities of being like, oh, it just feels a bit unsubtle. Like, I can't really relate to these teenagers because they're meant to be teenagers. Mm. But all their dialogue is really sassy, sort of Stranger Things dialogue where... Often their sentences start with like, uh, or, mm. mm. So I guess kind of maybe this way, maybe we should try like looking this way. It's just a bit, uh. Yeah, it's like, what? just say what you mean and like dial it up a bit. Be enthusiastic or scared or something. But instead there's this kind of like flat. Yeah, you know, like whatever. We're got to get out of here, I suppose. Somehow, <laughs> some way. You always do that. What is that? Yeah, you know, like whatever. <laughs> you do that all the time. It's Lisa Simpson when she's trying to be cool at the beach and meet new people. And she's sort of like practicing what she's going to say to these kids that she's going to meet. And she's like, yeah, you know, like whatever. Like, you know, whatever. Like, you know, whatever. Hi. What's up? Who's that? I don't know. Some kid. Hey, I like your hat. <gasps> A compliment. Thanks. Um, like, you know, whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is so fitting. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, they're like that. And so it's like, you try too hard. Stop trying so hard. It's got that tone to it, doesn't it? So what's the, um, what's the, like, thing to do here? Well, I'm up for pretty much whatever, so... Because these aren't really cool kids. Like, maybe her stepbrother, Jonas, is, like, a little bit more regular, and he's probably the most normal character in it mm. but the others are all like a little bit strange or like feel like they don't quite fit in that kind of mold of american teenager yeah there's like it's an overwrought teenage awkwardness to the whole thing mm. that is just a little bit wearing to be honest to begin with anyway yeah. i would say that all of the characters and the dialogue itself develops and you kind of grow into them maybe you just become inured to their great or maybe you grow to like them who knows but Either way, I think like all the characters sort of come into their own as it plays out. And also, thankfully, you don't spend a huge amount of the game with all of the characters, just predominantly with Jonah. Did I say Jonah? Jonas is what I meant. Mm. There was some weird little dialogue choices on this front near the beginning as well. Like when they first introduced Jonas as your stepbrother, no one seems to fucking understand what a stepbrother is. And they make like a really big deal out of it. Did you notice that? Like one of them's like, so what is he to you? And one of the others is like, what even is a stepbrother? What does that even mean? What? Does that make you to her then? Hey, uh, second cousin? He's my stepbrother. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was even a thing. Everyone, this is Jonas. Jonas? Everyone. He's Alex's new in town, fresh as a daisy stepbrother. Stepbrother? Really? Yeah, I know. It's a trip, right? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You're Jonas. Jonas, the stepbrother. Yeah. Um, what's your name again? That is Clarissa. How but are she's... your stepbrother? Like, what does that even mean? Uh... My mom married his dad, so family, law, and all. Uh, I don't remember that bit, but yeah, it sounds about right. Like, sometimes it's nice, the dialogue. They do try and discuss. So some of the background for the story is that your brother, Michael, has died. And therefore your parents split up and that's why 
your like mum or dad is now together with Jonas's mum or dad. And then like Clarissa, one of the other characters used to go out with your dead brother and she like blames Alex, the character you play, for his death. So some quite heavy sort of background stuff going on there between the characters. Especially like Clarissa, like just full on blaming you mm. for your brother's death. It's brutal at times, isn't it? Yeah, she's pretty hateful. You wanted to be like, shut the fuck up, Clarissa. Like, this is way out of line. <laughs> you can't do that. But she just goes in for you. And all your dialogue options, like none of them are really very severe. You just kind of take it. No, they're all subdued. Yeah. <laughs> but that's with every, that's not just with Clarissa. That's the whole way through. Mm. Like half the time I was like, I really wanted to say this thing. And I kind of waited enthusiastically for the options to pop up. And then, like, none of the options were the one I wanted to choose. Mm. Yeah, I often felt that. So the system, which is quite innovative, I haven't seen it before. Maybe some games put a timer sometimes on how much time you're given to choose a dialogue option. The way this game does it is the conversations are going on around you. You have an option to interact with the conversation, but you might miss your moment. So the dialogue, three speech bubbles always appear above your head. And they slowly fade as the moment to say that piece of dialogue disappears. And then if you don't say anything, the conversation moves on. And sometimes it's not that slow. Sometimes it's pretty damn fast. Yeah, yeah. I missed the dialogue option several times while I was like contemplating yeah, so my response. It's an effective mechanic for keeping you engaged. I guess it's like the quick time sequence of dialogue trees. Speaking of effective mechanics that keep you engaged, <laughs> Teo introduces the quick time sequence. Mm. I can't remember... I don't know quick time sequences that well. Do you have unlimited time to press? No, no, you don't at all, no. That's the whole point. Mm. It, that's Hence the quick and quick time. It gives you an A and you have to quickly press it or then it's like mash course, B yeah, and course, if you miss course, the course, boat, course. then the Obviously. animation continues and you usually die. Nice. So so whereas in that, you're forced to press the button or like go back to the start and push it in the right order. With this, it's just the options floated away and gone forever. And if you wanted to say something, tough luck. The game has moved on. Yeah. Which is interesting. And usually they'll say something like, well, I take your silence as tacit agreement or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me a couple of times. But also I think it's because, to begin with at least, I'm not sure if this issue persisted throughout and I just kind of adapted to it or if the issue faded away so I stopped noticing it. Mm. But basically to begin with, I kept waiting for them to finish speaking before I clicked on my dialogue option. Mm. But by the time they finished speaking, the option had gone. And when I clicked on the dialogue option, it like cut them off. It just like butted into what they were saying. And I was like, what? Fucking wait for the guy to finish. Stop being rude. <laughs> yeah. That, I only really started to clock that towards the last hour of the game. And like you say, I think it's, it's as you say, but I couldn't quite figure out whether when I pressed the dialogue option, she would wait a little bit before cutting in or whether in order to hear the most of what the other people were saying i did have to wait until the very last moment yeah do you think it's a bug or a feature because sometimes i felt like no no i was definitely meant to hear the end of whatever they were just saying and other times it was really effective because she like butted into whatever they were saying and i was like that's pretty cool actually she's like cutting them off with my own with her own response or my own response i think it's got to be a feature and it, it definitely half works because always in natural conversation you have the chance to to butt in but that isn't an option which is ever given to you in a video game. It's always call and response, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's not really a call and Matt, response, but, it's just a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the audience on board, we know what you mean, Ted. <laughs> but at the same time, what is unnatural about this is that you do also have the option to wait until someone has finished talking to choose your dialogue option. Whereas this didn't give you that option because, like you say, it faded too fast. Exactly, yeah. And I would say that's not the only problem with the pacing of the dialogue as well. Because sometimes, like, the, the environments you're walking through, essentially you're walking along these thinly plotted paths and you can't stray out into the landscape. It's very, like, on rails. Mm. And so you're working your way through them. And so they're not big environments, you know, it's a couple of screen scrolls, as it were. But your character moves extremely slowly, like, vexingly slowly. And... Once they start talking, you assume that the reason for the slow pace that your character plods along is because they've got a lot of dialogue to get out and they're hoping from edge to edge of screen is going to be this flow of story as you explore. Mm. But what actually happens is often they either haven't finished talking when you get to the next screen, so you just stand around waiting for them to finish before you move into the next environment, mm. or they finish really early and then you're just like plodding 
along this it's such a drag like working your way as if you're wading through sand or snow to get to the edge of the screen and there were loads of times when i was like why don't they just give me a run button like why can't i just hold shift or not shift because that's that's used for the radio but why can't i do something to move my character a little bit faster (laughs) Mm. and that would at least give you a little bit more control over the pace but the opposite thing happened to me as well i'd get to the edge of a screen and they'd be speaking and i didn't want to go to the next screen because it would cut off the dialogue and I might not hear it again. So yeah, both ways I thought it didn't quite work, did it? Because it's such an integral part of the game. Like you do want to hear the dialogue, but you don't want to like slow the game down like to a snail's pace because of it. Yeah, especially in a game like this where you kind of have the whole map available to you more or less, like not Mm. quite, but more or less. Um, Certainly the exteriors of the buildings are all available to you from the word go. But then that means that you've got a backtrack, like you get to the far top right corner of the map, as it were, and then you have to go all the way back down to the like east side of the map and then across to the west side. And like every time you're plodding across these same environments. And like, sure, stuff happens, but like, yeah, I've seen the environment once. I'm not perpetually impressed by it. And so I kind of feel like just let me traverse it a little bit quicker. Mm. And I wouldn't go so far because it's a small game and a small map. I wouldn't go so far as to say they needed like a quick travel. Definitely not. And it wouldn't have fit with the the vibe of the game at all. But like just being able to walk quicker or run would have been a vast improvement. But this being said, I was also really surprised given the size of the maps and how small they were that there was a loading screen between every environment. (laughs) Mm. Like it wasn't a long one. We're talking sort of 10 seconds or something. But I was like, huh, this is teeny weeny. How is it having to load these different images? Yeah, no, I don't know. No? Defies your dev expertise. Well, (laughs) I don't have much. But, um, you know, it's presumably a pretty small team. It is. Indie game. I always say this. And Okay, th- I, I knew this. I always say, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, presumably it's a pretty small team. And you always come back at me with like the exact crew numbers. <laughs> so go on then. Well, <laughs> How many people work at the it's studio? It's not exact, but it's, I think, about eight or like something like that. It's small anyway. Mm. The guy programming is one guy, if the credits can be believed. Like it literally says programmer, and then it's one guy's name. So the others are like designers, artists, composers, game director, that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, I think it's pretty small. It's a handful. The studio is a gaming studio called Night School, and the programmer, the aforementioned programmer is Bryant Cannon. The studio founders are cousins, apparently, and at least one of them worked for Telltale Games that did Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us. Don't know if he worked on those games. I'm just saying those are two of the games Telltale Games have worked on. Mm. So, yeah, they've got, like, proper gaming acumen and all that kind of Mm. stuff. They're not total newbies. They haven't just come and produced this amazing work from nothing. And it's made in Unity, and it definitely has that Unity indie game dev look like the art's really nice and, and pretty and lovely to look at like a picture in the background most of the time but then the animated elements are like quite obviously separate from the artwork aren't they like yeah the 3d models i thought the running animation I don't know why i'm obsessed with running animations but your character is quite good but then at one point you team up with nona and go down to the i think we should call it sauntering i don't think i saw any running in the game sure sauntering lightly jogging yeah but nona's run is one of the weirdest runs i've ever seen she's sort of like puts her head forwards and she's like kind of bumps up and down the other funny thing about the animations though is that in general they all seem to be quite character specific but Mm. there are certain animations where they all perfectly synchronize so like shoving when they first shove the um they have to hop a fence at the beginning there's big dustbin on wheels a wheelie bin as known they shove that against the fence and both you alex and your stepbrother jonas put your backs to it and like shuffle backwards to like move it and the animations are literally identical (laughs) right next to each other so it's very apparent and that happens every time they need to shove a door or do something in sync which isn't a lot of times but it really stands out when they do have to Mm. but the aesthetic's good other than that i really like the artwork it's a similar like the comparison to kentucky route zero isn't just the surrealism and the point and click vibe i do think the artwork isn't that far removed is it no not at all the other game it reminded me of which i haven't actually played so i probably shouldn't reference is li- not limbo the other one inside inside yeah yeah you've played it I think. yeah i've played both of those and they're wicked but i actually don't think it's that similar to inside is it not okay. no 
I mean, it, I, I can see why you're saying that because of the sort of size of the character. The character's like a slightly fleshed out Lowry stick figures, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, good. Nice little art reference. Yeah, not the only one with some degrees, Ted. Culture. <laughs> I love Lowry. The sort of painterly style of that is where they are similar. Mm. But that's both inside and limbo have this like dense deprivation of color. Like it's quite oppressive. Like I think limbo is just straight up black and maybe not black and white, but like silhouetted. Mm. Yeah, it is. And inside does a similar thing, but it's too distant for me to, in my memory, for me to draw in it straight away. Oh, speaking of memories, there's an amazing quote in this game that happens at the beginning and at the end. Your character, Ren, he's reading this book when you get on the ferry at the beginning. Not your character, but a character, Ren, is reading this book. Mm. He doesn't say who it's, who the book is by or what he's reading or anything. But like, I feel like it's a real book and a real novelist. Mm. I mean, he's, he gives this quote. He's like, oh, it doesn't make much sense. I don't really get it. And like, for instance, and he reads this quote. I don't know. I can hardly make heads or tails out of what the hell he's talking about half the time. And then you play this whole game with all this crazy stuff going on. Lots of surrealism, which we're definitely going to have to get into in a bit more detail in a second. Mm. And then at the end of the game, he says almost that exact same script verbatim. And when he said the quote again, I was like, fuck, I've got to look that up. It's a really good quote. I wonder who wrote that book. <laughs> Did you pick up on it or not with your literature degree? I picked up on the quote, but I didn't look it up. Oh, we've both been put to shame. That's annoying. Go on, look it up quick. Uh, I'll, um, I'll make time. In... I'll cover for you. Go on then. Let's see you cover. Do your best. <laughs> uh, well... No, I can't. I can't do it. It's too unnatural. You're on your own. <laughs> we should know what that quote is, though, because it's a really good point. It's Mark Twain. Mm. When I was younger, I could remember anything, whether it happened or not. But soon, I shall be so I cannot remember any but the things that never happened. Mm. Very smart little bit of writing, that, isn't it? Just stood out, and I thought, that, that looks good. I'd quite mm. like to read that book. Well, I mean, it... Definitely gets you thinking about time and the repetition of time and the forgetting and changing of of time, yeah. which is a, a big, big part of this game for sure. So really, really early on in the game, you get to... You this is spoiler territory now, isn't it? I mean, we've already been there, but I feel like this is just more... Yeah, but for right at the start. It's literally like half an hour into the game. So we've got... The game's so short. It's like the whole game is a spoiler. But we've got to start talking about it at some point. All right, okay. First of all, you have this radio with you from the start. It's quite a cool little way to interact with the world, especially in such a simply made game like this. So there are little information points and you can tune into the, the radio frequency of the information point and it gives you a little bit of story about that statue or building or whatever it may be. Yeah, because the island's like a museum, basically, isn't it? Mm. Oh, do the the um, the radio guide thing they talked about on the boat, you know? It's what, like 102.3? Uh, okay, sure. I think they said it's 102.3. Named after the Hawaiian god of the sea, the USS Kanaloa was launched on January 15th, 1941. Although the high street is, they often reference the high street. Like, what do you need? Just the high street and the beach. Yeah, but I think it's like a gift shop high street type right. thing, isn't it? Because when they arrive, they say, no one lives on the island, but how come there's this one car? And then there's a really trite little quote where he's like, oh, there's always one sad car in the parking lot or something like that. Mm, oh yeah, true. But then you can, you can tune through your radio and just hear random little radio stations, like a little bit of... Janis Joplin maybe or some strange voices and as you go throughout the game there's different radio stations appear and disappear like for instance I thought I was looking for them thoroughly but there's an achievement for discover all the hidden radio stations and it's like zero out of 12 I literally didn't get any and I thought I heard loads that is weird that feels like an achievement glitch though uh, if yeah, you got zero out of 12 unless you need to spend a certain amount of time on each one mm. I did get some fun little achievements though and at the end of the game it gives you a breakdown of how your character choices stacked up against other players and I was really satisfied to see I was in a minority in every case I wonder if you were as well but we'll talk about it when we get to the end not in every case. But yeah, let's talk about that at the end. But anyway, towards the start of the game, you explore this cave and Jonas sort of hears someone in this cave, runs into it, you run in to find him and you see this weird triangle in the top of this cavern 
which is quite um i mean it's stark graphically isn't it against the drawn backdrop yeah it doesn't look like it's in keeping at all with the environment not whatsoever and it actually reminded me tonally of observation didn't you think yeah a hundred percent yeah hundred percent Anyway, you see this triangle and you tune into it on your radio and it becomes a line and then a second line and a third line, a bigger triangle, and you kind of make this sort of portal or rip into something else. I think you tuned in the triangle when we were outside. So let's see what else happens if you tweak the dial some more. Yeah, good idea. Maybe it'll dance or twitch or something. Oh my God. Is this... Are you... Is this... You? Are you doing this? And then things start to go weird. Everyone gets transported to different parts of the island. It's like a literal tear in the fabric of time and space. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. So that's the first thing that goes weird. Just to quickly say as well, before you do that, mm. and while you're playing your childhood game around the fire of truth and slap or whatever, mm. Ren, and I'm not clear still if it's just Ren, but he certainly takes magic mushrooms and I'm not sure if the other two do as well, or if just he takes it. I know he takes a second magic mushroom brownie or whatever later on. Mm. Do they all take the first one? No, I think it's just Ren. Because I remember thinking, it's a bit weird, Ren, that you're just taking this yourself. And he doesn't even try and share. No, but there's a dialogue option where sh- where your character, Alex, says, give me one. Oh, is there? Maybe I didn't take it. Oh, damn. I didn't click it because I thought it'd be out of character. <laughs> I think maybe I did click it. Maybe I did click it, and that's why I. That's why I know that he doesn't give you any. Oh uh, right, okay, fair enough. I almost forgot. Gonna take a little magic trip to Cupcake Town. Those look like brownies. Brownie Town. No, never. Magic. What does that mean? It means they're enhanced with certain qualities. Hmm. Well, maybe just don't eat too much. No promises. Hmm. Delicious. Because the whole time I was like, okay, if all this weirdness is explained by fucking magic mushrooms right at the beginning, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. Yeah. And even after things are like obviously going wrong, Ren's still chomping down these brownies and they're like, come on, Ren, (laughs) this is pretty serious stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, it's going to level me out. What? Yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, why have they put magic mushrooms in this game? Like, serious question now. This isn't like some sort of... You know, I'm not being funny about it, but genuine question. In a game where, like, the plot is already, like, really wacky, it's going to involve time travel, it's going to involve, like, parallel universes and all that kind of stuff, Mm. when you're going to be stretching reality that far, if you want the player to buy it, is it sensible to initially be like, this could all be drugs? I don't know. Maybe they want to keep you guessing. Is it real or is it not? But then that doesn't make sense because it is only Ren. And, you know, he's not even with you for the freaky tune to the triangle part. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Hmm. I kind of got the feeling it was just like underlining that these are American teenagers doing American teenage stuff. Possibly. As if we didn't already get the picture on that. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. You were talking about the weirdness, so they've done the weirdness in the cave, then subsequent weirdness. Yeah, and so from that point onwards, you're separated, and one of your first quests is to go and save either Clarissa, who's... Well, you get teleported to this radio tower, and you hear them calling for help, Clarissa and Ren, so you decide who you want to help first. Who did you help first? I helped Clarissa first. I helped Ren first! Ah, interesting. Why the fuck did you help Clarissa first? She's a bitch, man. Yeah, because I always try and do what the game, I think the game doesn't want me to do. So it makes you really hate Clarissa. So I thought, well, I'll go and save Clarissa first. Okay. I don't care. How did Ren take that? Oh, I'd have been pissed. Well, Ren was, Ren was pretty much like, why did you save Clarissa first? I needed a babysitter until I was 14. I obviously need your help more than she does. <laughs> Which I thought was quite good. Yeah, that's nice. But no, nah, he, he, he was, he was chill. He okay. Was chill. After you saved him from demonic possession, he was fine. Yeah. Okay. I got the Lord. I got the Lord. I got the good Lord. It's going down on me. Down on me. I got the Lord. I got the good Lord. It's going down on me. The good 
going down on you? What is that supposed to mean, Charlie? What? It's like... Why are you dressed like this? Come on, man. It's perfect. Where did you get it? I have my sources. <sighs> Charlie, I told you to dress nice, and we look like salt and pepper shakers. Oh, we look good. We look good. All right, let's just get started. The plot moves forward from there, and like, you save one or the other, and then you try and find the way off the island, etc. But while you're completing these tasks to get free or eventually get rid of the ghosts, you're faced with these sort of time loop challenges and challenges is putting it i mean they're not really challenges because they can only go one way which is success but they do they put little tasks in your way don't they the ghosts kind of i mean not really and also when they gave you those challenges i was like what is the goal of this like they never explain why the ghosts are giving you challenges like why are they doing that it doesn't make any sense Mm. so for instance in one of them they're like oh riddle me this something to do with the memory and you're like is it this picture and they're like yeah mm. <laughs> and there's another one where they're like oh something to do with radiation and you're in this room where there's nothing but a tv and you're like is it the tv it's the only thing i can interact with in the entire room and they're like yeah <laughs> okay great yeah those are points where i think the game almost succeeds in being being scary but after the first few, you're not scared by them because you realize that there's actually no real jeopardy. And if you get the answers wrong, then all that's going to happen is maybe your friends who are in the middle of like a possession and you maybe think they're going to die. Actually, they'll just fall to the ground, stand up, be themselves and be like, ah, that was really, that really hurt. You mind making a bit more effort with the challenge next time? And it's like, really? You've been casual about this still? Yeah. The test is easy. We will speak of something we see in the house. And you will go and find it. See? As simple and good humor as your mother's apple. What if I... What if I don't, huh? What if I just stand here and don't go along with this? Refusal to cooperate will incur grim penalties, I'm afraid, but it's your choice. But yeah, like, for instance, like, one of them in the in the old schoolhouse, the ghosts play a game of hangman with you, which is quite threatening when they're sort of in control. So they draw the thing, the noose, and then they ask you a question, you choose the answer. And I didn't get any of them right, I don't think. What? You weren't paying attention, mate. You should have been listening to all the exhibits. Yeah, I guess I wasn't paying attention. I got two of the three right. Oh, nice. Good effort. But that was the first challenge I'd face. And they kept, like, the hangman kept being drawn, as it happens when you get hangman wrong. Uh, and I thought, well, what's going to happen if I get them all wrong? Am I just going to lose? Or But didn't really seem like there was a fail state. <laughs> first time. <laughs> one of the key your key motivations is that they really possessed hard clarissa and you can kind of choose to i'm guessing you took the opposite path actually so it'd be interesting to hear your take but they apparently need clarissa to possess clarissa in order to escape the bonds of however they're trapped in space and time on this island and you can often be like sure you have a whatever just let us get off the island or you can be like no like leave no person behind i want to save clarissa yeah i did the i'm gonna save everyone even though i hate oh, did yeah. you? but i oh. thought that you would be playing evil as i was playing it and i thought i wonder what Teo chooses because it felt like if i'd have chosen the like yeah you have her i'll see you later we're going on the boat bye that would have ended the game. And also I felt like I owed it to our audience to have played it properly and not like found the first shortcut out of the game. Mm -hmm. And it felt like that was a a sharp turn towards an exit. But clearly if you were saying, yeah, yeah, have her, take her, whatever, it didn't end the game. No, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. Oh, so we still don't know if that's the case. Because like, there's a really explicit moment when you find a speedboat and that's what you've been doing the whole time to get off the island. And you find the keys to the speedboat and everyone's like, now we've got to save Clarissa. And your character has the option to be like, nah, fuck her, let's get on the boat. And everyone's like, no, we've got to find her. And you're like, nah, but the boat's right there. And that time I, I probed it a little bit. And there were some harder options to be like, leave Clarissa, escape on the boat. And I chose not to do them. So I was wondering if that was possible or if the game would always just keep bringing you back to staying on the island. I still don't know the answer to that. No, me neither. Because I thought the same as you. Like, I want to complete the game through to the ending and get to the bottom of whatever mystery is going on here rather than leave early. It was less about Clarissa and more about my own discovery. But you probably did this as well. But with the boat, you can go over to the boat even after you've got the key and you can say, 
do you want to try and see if it works? And Jonas is like, no, not really. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was just one of those bits of like bickery banter that they threw in that was a bit nonsensical because I did think some of the dialogue felt like dialogue for the sake of it. But speaking of, a minute ago, we talked about Clarissa jumping from a window after the hangman mm. thing, right? Quite a sickening moment, potentially. And mm. the first, like, indication of genuine horror, as you said. There was slightly, and it was heavily forecast, like I predicted it was going to happen, sort of, was when you walk in front of that mirror beforehand, like the floor below. And the first time you walk in front of it, it's just your reflection, obvs. Second time you walk in front of it, it's not your reflection, it's your reflection, but doing something different. Yeah. But... The reflection has a little name over the top. What name did yours have? Well, Todd Rammerberg. What? Oh, what? Yours didn't see it. So basically, when I played it through, and I took a photo of this, so I tweet it out as evidence, but basically, I walked in front of the mirror, and then you hear from, like, another version of you, like a reflection mm. version of you from, like, a different mm. time or whatever, and above its head, in my game, it said Todd Rammerberg. And I was like, fuck off, that's cool. They like took a friend who has this game from my friends list and put that element of it into the game. I haven't seen that before. I thought it was really cool. And it went further than that. So because that happens a couple of times when I got to the credits in the credits listed as like ghost of future past or whatever in like several occasions, Todd Rammerberg. But this must be because I played the game before you, right? That's Teo's game attack for everyone who's like, who the fuck is Todd Rammerberg? Todd Ram- Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> These guys love this Todd Rammerberg. <laughs> yeah, nice. Maybe it's because I played the game before you, but now that I'm thinking, ah, I wish I'd remembered and paid more attention to to who that was. Definitely at the end, I'm playing as Todd Rammerberg. So I completed the game as Todd Rammerberg, which that might have enabled you to be able to see Todd Rammerberg in the mirror. Yeah, and do you know what I think might actually have happened? And this would be even cooler if it does happen. So kind of full-blown spoilers now, but what's actually happening is yours, like future you is talking to past you through the reflection of the mirror. And it goes on and on and on. Like there are lots and lots of loops of this depending on how many times you play the game which Mm. is what i was kind of alluding to at the start of this episode but what would be really cool is if what you chose to say in the mirror in your game is what i saw the very first time i played my game do you see what i mean because obviously there wasn't a future me yet to be saying stuff to myself in the mirror and so when it said, like, Todd Rammelberg, and then you're saying it... But you get to choose what the mirror says back to you, though, don't you? Yeah, l- later on, yeah, for sure. Mm. But maybe you could do that in your game because you didn't have a person in your friends list who'd played it or something like that. I don't know. I'd be really interested to know what the mechanics are of that moment, though, because when that happened, that was we talk about moments in games all the time, and when that happened, I was like, that's my moment. Fucking hell, I've not seen that before. Like, I think I actually exclaimed, like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> and it, like, it was such really a short-lived cool. thrill, but it was the only real thrill of the game, to be honest, so... And I did want, and I did wonder why they just stuck your Steam name on top of your character at the very end. Why are they emphasizing the gaminess of it at this point, particularly? That doesn't make any mm. sense, but it does make total sense now. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I, th- I thought that was cool. What I was actually going to say, as well as a continuation, is at the beginning of this episode, I said, "Oh, it's sort of the ending and sort of not when you play after five hours." And the reason for that is essentially the whole game is tied up in this time loop thing. And the way your game ends, and at the point you leave the island on the ferry again, there are various outcomes that could have happened. Like, I've seen the number 10 cited as 10 alternative endings, but I give no credence to that because I just saw it posted in Reddit or something. Hmm. But you can see scope while you're playing it for a lot of different endings, depending on what you choose and who you choose and all that kind of stuff. And then you get this kind of like almost at the end of like a documentary or a biopic where the subtitles come up and it says like, 
Johan continued to study for 30 years before becoming a master in whatever. And then someone else is like, <laughs> Joan went to prison. For, I don't know why all these are like names beginning with J, but there's all these things that it will say in subtitles. And then you get a sense that their story's carried on. In this game, yeah. you get a sort of verbal one of those where she tells you what's happened with all the characters. And then just before it properly ends, it kind of like glitches. And then her voiceover tees up them going to the island again. And it's like the loop's restarted and she's just about to go back to the island. So it says continue timeline. The reason it's only kind of half the game in a way is that you're meant to play it again and see how all your choices the first time impact on the second time. Apparently, like I didn't do this and you didn't do this, but apparently there are new areas, way more conversation options. I saw one guy go so far as to say, quote unquote, given the time travel element, you've only really played the first version of Alex the first time and subsequent plays make different things happen, create different endings, even prevent Alex and the gang from ever going to the island at all. Wow. Alright, fair play. Now that's pretty cool. But that brings me on to one of the other problems with it, which is that I enjoyed it. But I didn't enjoy it that much. The prospect of playing it through, and I would suggest that you feel the same because you also haven't played it through a second time. When it's a continued timeline, play again, I was like, no, I've done it now. See you later. Well, that, the fact that it's significantly different does make me want to go and see. More for the interest in how they've done that game-wise than the characters and the story, though, probably. So I'd just be interested to see exactly what changes and what kind of power you have to change the outcome i think if it was snappier i would like if it if it mm. gave you a fucking run button or n- not even a run button but just if it was everything was a bit faster paced if it was sorkin paced dialogue rather than their like american yeah. rule or whatever <laughs> yeah west wing this is not yeah exactly even with the walk and talks good job yeah he didn't like it thought it was fine I thought it was a hell of a lot better than five. It was good. It's outstanding. You blew the D section. Oh, you're still in the feet here. Yeah, I said it was fine. <laughs> Sam, nice going. Thank you. Tell him. Why? Because well, Sam wrote two and a half paragraphs and I wrote 37 pages. Still. <clears throat> you blew the D section. I thought it was inspired. Why do you keep saying stuff like that to me? <laughs> Just to watch your face turn that color. I don't know. I wanted to want to play it again because all of those things that we just talked about really intrigue me. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, realistically, I'm not going to do that. And I don't even want to watch someone else do it. Like, sometimes I'll watch a specific alternate ending. Like, if I've played a really long game. Mm. I don't know if you do this as well, but I can't be bothered to play the ending again. So I'll just watch a couple of the alternate endings on YouTube or something. So I've got a thorough understanding of what went on. But the idea of playing the whole thing again, just to get to that point. No. That's why I said it's probably as interesting to talk about as it is to play, because I thought it would be interesting to see like what happened differently in your playthrough, because I'm not going to play it through again to see those differences, but I am interested to hear about them. To some extent, yeah. Well, the other thing is at the end of the game, you do get that breakdown. It gives you like a little pie chart of who chose what. Mm. And I think did, I think I just actually write, write it down somewhere. Oh yeah, 7% of players managed to bring Michael back from the dead me being one of them just want to say what yeah how the hell did you do that all right it's inconsistent (laughs) zombies by their very nature are inconsistent they're a mishmash of different bits no that's frankenstein right you've made two glaring errors (laughs) what's that on your fingers the tungsten tip screws I'm not really sure it just happened because while you're playing the game it's like you said before it feels like there's no fail state I didn't think to myself oh yeah I'm going to do this thing I think the moment that it happens is when you're that bit in the mirror we were talking about with future selves and stuff you get given a choice of three things to say and one of the things I said to myself was tell Michael not to go to school and because he's not going to school he doesn't leave the town and because he doesn't leave the town he doesn't go to the beach with Alex and doesn't go swimming and then he doesn't drown Mm. so he's alive so at the end of my game I was on the boat with Michael that's really cool I thought it was all right, but I didn't think it was that cool. Whereas knowing that you played it and got a different thing is really cool. But like, I didn't know that until we had this conversation. This feels a little bit, I mean, it's not as good as this, but it feels a little bit like in Disco Elysium where for you, Kim died and for me, didn't. And you got, you got Kuno 
for the rest of the game. Oh, fucking Kuno. And I was like, ah, oh, man, you missed out on Kim for that game. I feel like I've missed out on my I did miss out on Kim. I still haven't finished grieving for Kim. Yeah, mine, mine were not that exciting <laughs> at all. Mine was like, you didn't get Ren and Nona to date. And I was like... No, I didn't either. Yeah, but apparently that was only 32% of players. I was like, wow, people really cared about Ren Nona dating, I guess. Yeah, I didn't really give a shit about Nona's character, actually. But other things that came up for me didn't make sense. So they said I wasn't friends with Nona. I spent as much time with Nona as I could. I I love Nona. (laughs) Apparently we weren't friends at the end. Again, friends with Clarissa. Wait, you were friends with Clarissa, so I wasn't. Mm. So apparently it said me and like, uh, I think it was 23% of other gamers got Clarissa to hate us even more. Wow, nice. Yeah, which I was pleased with because I didn't like her. I did save her first. Though. I was like, come on. Oh, speaking of, while you're playing the game, because the speech is obviously just text, it doesn't have tone, mm. obviously, when you're choosing what you're going to say. Mm. And one of them, you're agreeing to go with a different member of the team. It's like someone says, oh, let's go to the radio tower. It's like, who are you going to go with? And one of the options was, I've spent the whole evening with Jonas. And I, I chose that one because I was like, I've spent the whole evening with him and I want to spend the rest of it. Like, we've spent the whole evening together. It makes sense for us to just carry on together. And I said, I've spent the whole evening with Jonas. And he's like, oh, well, if you're going to be like that, then I won't go with you. And I was like, what? No, I meant it like a good thing. That's just one of those examples where you, the game kind of assumes that you're going to infer what they mean by their little text snippet. But actually, mm. they sometimes say it with with a tone that inverts the meaning or something like that. Yeah, well, often, it, to me, it felt like, given the way the characters talk, that I only had three sarcastic options. That every option I chose was going to be delivered in not the tone that I would want it to be delivered. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just assumed that they were all going to be sarcastic. Yeah. Well, so at the end of your trip, who was on the ferry home? Did you, I assume you were on a ferry home, yeah. Yeah, everyone made it. Not Michael. But not Michael, so not everyone. Yeah. Okay. Neither had expected to see each other after some Michael. recent yeah. unpleasantness. I expect to be seeing you again after all the unpleasantness. Because one of my criticisms of the game actually was that, although it is about like time loops and going back in time and changing time and then at the end repeating time, that you're not actually given very much control to mess with that. It's like an uninteractive time loop. So, for instance, you'll start a scene and maybe there'll be a tent there and then you'll skip back to the start of the path and there'll be a a fire there and you'll skip back to the start of the path again. There'll be a football there. Things change, but it's really you're just you're on rails the entire time and you're just waiting until you've clicked enough times to then move forward. Yeah, you can't control it like you did in Outer Wilds where you like turn exactly, around yeah. and turn back. And- exactly. You're wa- you're watching a film or the the game that it reminded me of probably because it's American teenagers is Life is Strange, which is such a cool time loop mechanic or rewind time mechanic where essentially your character has finds out she has the power to rewind time for a certain number of seconds and there's all these key moments in the game where you can rewind time to make a decision, but you still have to make a decision. So you can't do everything right but you get to see all possible options by rewinding time and then decide the option that you want to go with it's cool yeah that does sound interesting and it feels really compelling in the game because usually as players you're not allowed to see all the options before going with them but it kind of builds it into the actual story because your character can control time it's cool I've not played that, but I think that's because I was under the impression it was like a walking simulator or something. But is it actually more of a, uh, this sort of vibe adventure point and click? There's more like puzzles and totally it's kind of quite similar to this game, but it has that time mechanic and the branching options in that. I thought it was like Gone Home. I think I always get it confused with Gone Home. Do you know that one? Oh, no, it's a lot more in depth than that for sure. A lot more in depth. All oh, right, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll give it a whirl because I didn't really enjoy Gone Home. <laughs> if you like the bit at the end of this game where it gives you a little breakdown, it does that at the end of every episode. So it's over four or five episodes, I think. And there's so many different paths that you could have taken. Yeah. Even like with really small decisions, like did you lend so and so your pen or not? And then like what outcomes those have. Yeah, I always like that just because it's like an interesting sort of anthropological or like social sort of feedback, isn't it? Mm. It's just interesting to see how other players did and whether you're, you sort of play into the mainstream or whether you're a maverick. I always think of myself maverick. And when I see <laughs> the stats like that, I'm like, maybe I am. But then when I'm making the decision, it's definitive. It's definitive when- at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then when I'm making the decisions, 
I feel like everyone who's got like a heart would make half the decisions I make. Cause sometimes a game just puts you in a situation where you're like, Oh, come on. I'm not like evil or whatever. Mm. And you feel like there's only one right option. In fact, I remember reading somewhere that I think it might have been in Dragon Age that they made all these different paths. You won't believe this, but given your views on Dragon Age, but apparently they made all these different like paths and different endings for like whether you were evil or whether you weren't. And the vast majority of people never even saw the like evil outcomes of various different dialogue choices and decisions. An overwhelming majority to the point that they were like frustrated that they didn't put the time in. Mm. And I can imagine that happening. Mm. Like, because you do, especially if the game's really effective at creating like an emotional drive in you and like plucking on your humanity heartstrings or whatever. Do you serious? You do love me, Janine. You do. I know you do. Yeah? Do you comical? Pat, you trodden on me foot. Get off. He's a singer as well. Mustang Sally! But one of the things I was going to say this game did remind me of, but it's a film and it's not just because of the triangular polygons that all the time travel stuff happens in, but it is a film called Triangle, which I can't remember if I've mentioned on this pod before, but if I haven't, got to watch it. It's really, really good. Horror slash mystery. Woman goes to a boat, like a ghost ferry or something. Mm. And then like time stuff happens but it's it's very similar in terms of like you get a sense that there are like loads of parallel universes loads of subsequent realities it's not the same you going back in time every single time it's like a different you so like this for instance when it says continue the timeline i got off the island with michael in that version but then i go back onto the island if i click continue the timeline so in that timeline like it's a new alex and a new Mm. group of friends and a new whatever if you see what i mean rather than me changing the paths of the previous ones. Ah, so you so you wouldn't get back on the island with Michael in your version? <laughs> That's a really good question. I should have just click continue timeline to find <laughs> yeah. out. Well, I got the, the impression that you wouldn't, but now I'm doubting myself because you read that things do actually change and things happen differently. For me, the whole message of the game was while you can think as much as you want, and almost like feel like you experience things in your head over and over again that have happened in the past. You can't change them. But that theory is just completely gone because you did literally save your dead brother. (laughs) So this is the magic trick, huh? Illusion, Michael. Mm. Trick is something a whore does for money. So I thought that was the main message of the game. To be honest with you, I don't really think it had a main message. And actually, since we're, well, I feel like I'm in the up some summing up stage i would say that i enjoyed it and i don't want to be too harsh about it but i don't think it shines in the way that other people seem to think it shines like critics seem to Mm. love it for me for my taste it feels a little bit budget which i mean it evidently is a little bit budget but also it feels like it's a little bit budget which i don't know in this kind of game i don't think it needs to as evidenced by Kentucky. Mm. And even though it's got like a sequel, apparently Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals is coming out. Colon game oh. for you there. <laughs> oh no. And apparently a series adaptation as well. Wow. So don't know whether that'll be happening. But for me, I was just like, I don't think I'd play a sequel. I feel like I've done it. I've been here. It was all right. The story didn't really have a deeper metaphor, or a deeper meaning, even though it introduced some past traumas from the characters. They didn't actually feel that traumatic. And actually... Now I mention it, the moment when she fucking encounters her dead brother with her present mind, she isn't panicked, she isn't distressed. She's like, Michael, is that you? I was like, what the hell? I'd be absolutely losing my mind at this point. But so yeah, I, I didn't think it landed quite as well as they intended it to. And I felt like actually it just needed to be better written maybe. Yeah, or maybe we just can't relate to these characters, but I've definitely watched American films with American teenagers in where I've, uh, as I'm saying this, I'm losing confidence. Have I watched films with American teenagers in where I've cared about them? Come on, Teo. You're like literally stepped out of American pie, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Stifler. <laughs> Definitely not a stifler. You're more of the... The dweeby one. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. That's a dweeb alert. In this one time at band camp, I stuck a flute in my... <laughs> Don't really remember, to be honest. It's been a long time since uh, I watched that. And I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. No, I mean, it's been a very long time as well. 
and I can't really remember it, so I couldn't recommend it anyway. But yeah, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just we can't relate to these, like literally their voices, because like you say, their voices really do great. In this one time at band camp. Mm -hmm. um, like if, like given a different skin, like maybe we'd have just appreciated it more, I don't know. What you're saying is if it was set in Oxfordshire, <laughs> no, fuck off. Then both of us would have been like, this is lovely. Oh yeah, it's great. Not Oxford, <laughs> but... <laughs> I started dissing their like strong Yang accents and by the end we're like oh I just can't relate to these teen American kids reminds me of that c comedian Pablo Francisco I think his name is when he's like talking about those horror movies and he's like those teenage kids god damn it they really want to die don't they <laughs> you could strangle these kids with a cordless phone I mean you see how they just run right into danger these idiots they come right they walk right into death they're looking for death you know, hello is anybody in here Hello? <laughs> Come on, you guys, this ain't funny. <laughs> Billy? <laughs> I want to get naked and take a shower, guys. What's going on? That's <laughs> oh, <nice> jokes. <laughs> He's a good guy. Right. Next, next game. game. Next game, we are playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. I get that name wrong every single time, mate. Immortals colon Phoenix Rising. No. No, not even a No, no, it's a rare game. No it's a rare game that needs a colon and doesn't have right. one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Immortals Phoenix Rising. No colon, really? Wow. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll check just so that I'm not way off base, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, no colon. colon. No colon. Nice. Well, I've, I've started it. I know who the Phoenix is. I don't know if I know who the Immortals are. And there's been some rising. So, so far, it's about halfway to living up to its name. Made by none other than Ubisoft. Good old Ubisoft. God, it's been a while since I played a Ubisoft game. <laughs> Your favourite developers, aren't they? I don't mind them that much, but it's not oh, usually. To be honest, my, I fucking hate them. But... It's not usually my cup of tea, but we'll see. Looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. Well, I've actually finished it, so. Are you going to release that? Are you going to release that news? No, nope, I'll edit that out. Okay. That reaction was too shocked. Well, I just couldn't believe like how. I mean, that would be highly irregular. Yeah, right. That would be a bit irregular. I but you, you know, you can leave it in if you want. Leave it in if you want. No, no, no. Let's take it out. just getting this Croydon youth joke from my aunt because I, I just think it's pretty good material so <laughs> <laughs> you're you like harvesting out your lines to other people now yeah I'm, I'm harvesting I'm harvesting uh oh actually she has replied did you know that the president of Canada is visiting the youth of Croydon next week uh I didn't know that but it's Trudeau yeah you got oh. it you got it Nice. Is that it? Yeah, it's, that, it's Trudeau. Name. It's Trudeau. It's like Croydon slang, I guess. It's Trudeau. Yeah, but it's also the surname of... Well, yeah, <laughs> that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> God, man. <laughs> <laughs>